Hey, thanks for joining Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Day, along with my co-host, Mr. Webb. We appreciate you guys checking in with us every week on Tuesdays and Fridays. You can always get your questions in at anchor.fm forward slash Feel the Heat or on Twitter at Feel the Heat underscore KW. Thanks for rocking with us today and have a good Friday. We're about to get into it. Yo, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of Feel the Heat. Um, I'm your host, Dale, along my co-host, Mr. Webb. What's going on? How's that weather out there in Detroit, baby? Cold. I'm sitting in the house with the heat on. <laughs> hey, I feel you, man. Uh, we had a little bit of cold weather last night, too, but, you know, we're going to be back up to the 70s tomorrow, matter- so we're all good. Matter of fact, it just snowed. I heard that. I actually heard that. I talked to a couple people back home. They said it snowed. So, yeah. man, I'm ready to get into this, man. We got some good matchups. NCAA Week 10, man. Let's talk about it. So, you know, the schedule brings two great matchups featuring all three universities, well, primetime universities anyways, in the state of Florida. You got number eight, Georgia, and number six, Florida, which is a conference game. And then you have the big-time rivalry, Florida State versus Miami. But we're going to go ahead and jump into this number eight, Georgia versus Florida game um, as the winner could determine who gets the college football playoff berth. They both have one loss. Um, Who gets to Atlanta also? It depends. uh, It'll say who's going to represent the SEC East. So Kyle Trash, to me, he has pretty much – Kept the Florida offense alive. He hasn't missed a beat since the injury to Franks. He's passed for like 1,300 yards, almost 1,400 yards, four t- 14 touchdowns and four picks, which is great considering that he has never been a starter in his college football career since he started playing. Um, not even just college, high school as well. He was always a backup. So I think that's where he has shown that he, he has great potential. He's a junior. I think um, – you can anticipate that Philip A. Franks will be back for the Gators next year. So he will probably transfer after this year if he doesn't go out into the draft. But statistically, the Bulldogs on average are averaging 36 points a game and seven yards per snap. And they lead the SEC in the rush offense. And you take into consideration that Jake Fromm is completing 70% of his throws. But to me, this is just me, I could be wrong. Georgia, they don't really capitalize on their deep plays as far as the quarterback-to-receiver relationship. But that's my take on there so far. So from what I've just told you, I believe the Gators, their defense, they both have really good defense. I'm not going to take that away from them. But I, I believe in the Gators. I think they walk away with the win. Go ahead, Webb. They correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Georgia, this will be Kyle's, Kyle Trask's biggest obstacle in terms of defense this season? Um, I thought that the LSU game was a big test for him. But um, it could go either way. It could go to Georgia. It could go to LSU. Okay. I do think that Georgia does have a better defense than LSU, though. Okay. Outside of LSU, because obviously they're number one. But nevertheless, let me continue. Um, Boasting one of the 
boasting one of the best, if not the best, uh, O-line in, in the country. And DeAndre Swift in the backfield. And Georgia's defense looks pretty good. But my most immediate concern is the defensive line. For, yeah, is the defensive line. Now, uh, no, the in- I'm sorry. I can't talk today. The defensive line for Florida, it's at full strength and injury-free. So that I'm all eyes on that because when Jake Fromm is under pressure, he will fold. Right. And honestly, Jake Fromm, to me, is a pretty conservative passer. So I think what Florida, what I would like to see Florida do, because I want to see Florida win this game, is I think they're going to try to take away DeAndre Swift. Uh that's their best bet. Um, that's their best bet. I think they're going to take away DeAndre Swift and dare Jake Fromm to throw the ball farther than 12 yards. Under duress. And if that happens, then what, what do you think the result's going to be? I think, I think Fromm will have one of those games where he makes people want to pull their hair out. He can't. I like Jake Fromm. He is a good quarterback, but there are just some, like the bad games that he has are are bad enough to me to change my like. It's like the it's like the Lions with Jake Fromm with me. Like I like Jake Fromm. He's going to the league, but then the be- then he has a bad performance. That's just like, come on, you're way better than that. It's just, it's frustrating. To uh to watch Jake Fromm and be a Georgia fan sometimes, but that Florida defense is just so ferocious and disruptive. I think that is enough by itself to win this game. Okay, and- so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real quick. I know you're not from Florida. I'm not sure if you ever have ever visited the area of Jacksonville. So I'm going to tell you off back. Jacksonville is where the game is going to be hosted. In Gainesville, where the Florida Gators play their home games and their um, university is located, is maybe like an hour, hour and a half from Jacksonville, two hours at most. Do you think that that gives Florida a home field advantage, and will it play a factor into this uh, game this weekend? I mean, yeah, I think they're going to use the crowd. See, the thing about oh, – Hold on, wait a minute. Let me, let me also add a little bit more background. I'm just thinking – but Jacksonville may be about two hours away from the Florida-Georgia line, Savannah area. So I think there will be a lot of Georgia fans there too because they're kind of fair distance from, you know, the state borderline. But, you know, Georgia plays, I believe, in Albany, um, Georgia, which is probably about six hours away from Florida. But, yeah, go ahead. Do you think that plays a factor into uh, the win? Yeah, I think – I think Florida's going to use the crowd. I mean, that's another reason why I like to watch teams like Florida, Florida State, Alabama, uh, Texas, and so on. Okay, maybe not so much Texas, but you get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Texas A&M, College Station, yeah. Uh, They really use the crowd. And Miami, too. With the turnover chain, the energy, you know, I love the energy. 
Yeah, so who's your pick? I'm, I'm, so I'm not sure. Did you pick Florida or did you pick yeah, Georgia? I'm, I'm picking Florida based off simply because of their defense and their defensive line being at full strength now. And I don't think Jake Fromm is good enough to throw through that adversity. I really don't. Okay, cool. So we both on the same page for that. We'll see if Georgia come or Florida comes out victorious this weekend. Let's move on. Florida State versus Miami, which is a conference game, but um, both teams are not ranked. So I think this happens to be one of the sadder meetings between FSU and Miami. Usually when they meet, one of them are ranked in the top 25. Um, I know when this rivalry was created, they strategically put Florida State and Miami in separate divisions, hoping we would get like a bunch of uh, conference title games between these two great iconic programs, but that hasn't happened yet. And so the results of their regular season just makes this feel like it's not going to be such an exciting game because the Canes have a pretty good defense, but an average and almost average offense, while the Knolls are pretty much average at everything. But the thing about the Knolls is that they feature one of the nation's most premier running backs in Cam Akers. So I expect a grind-out game um, that'll come down to kicking, which doesn't surprise me because in the last 14 matchups, seven games have come down to field goals, which Miami leads 4-3 to in that department. However, this year, if the game comes down to a field goal, Miami has been having problems with their place kicker. I think Florida State will get the W over Miami. It's, it's funny. It's funny that uh, you brought up the field goals because I was gonna too. I was gonna say it's gonna be a nail biter because in the last four years, the the largest margin of victory for either team was five, I believe, in 2015. Uh-huh. And field goals have really been an issue for Miami this year. Collectively, between three kickers, uh, they missed seven out of 13 uh, this year. And Florida State allows, on average, about 275 yards passing per play. So I'd like to see Miami pass the ball more. But if per, game, it came per, down, game. per game, yeah, yeah, per game, yeah, <laughs> it's no, all good. yeah, per per game. Sorry, I'm having a brain fart today. No, it's okay. I, I agree. I think Miami should use their passing attack if they want a good chance at winning, especially with a weapon like Brevin Jordan, the tight end, who plays. He's as fast as a wide receiver. He's a big target. He's phenomenal to watch. Um, I think Miami has a good chance at winning this game. But like I said, if it comes down to kicking a field goal, I'll tell you right now that Miami's going to lose the game. They have to. They have to get better with their third down efficiency. I mean, last week against Pitt, they were 2-14 and 14 on third downs. They got to maximize every every possession because field goals is iffy for them. And I'll tell you another thing that they're not good at. They Miami's problem is they haven't found a solid quarterback. They don't know which quarterback that can lead the team. I mean, they've been through, what, three quarterbacks this season? They tried a little bit of Tate Martell. He lost a job in the preseason. And now it's between Jerry Williams and Nicosi Perry. One week Williams plays well. The next week Nicosi Perry plays well. They're benching one, starting another. 
there's no consistency in in the quarterback position there for Miami, which they have a good uh, running back as well. How, and this is and this is where I think Miami's going to win the game. Although field goals have been lacking, third down efficiency has been lacking, the quarterback situation has been lacking. Their defensive front is strong enough. And on the other side, the Knowles offensive line is honestly terrible. And their secondary is terrible, too. They've been getting beat all year. So, honestly, if they could take away Florida State's running game, Florida State really doesn't have much. All right, so who's your pick? My pick is going to be Miami. My pick is Miami, too. You already know that. I'm a Canes fan all day. But if it comes out to a field goal, I got to ride with Florida State, you know? Yeah. Off the strength of Miami is allowing 300 yards per game to Florida State's 444. Right. And pretty much got embarrassed by Boise State in the beginning of this season. So, which is – this is not common for Florida State. Florida State has been very dominant over the last, you know, 10 10 years or so. Um, but every dog has his day. Moving forward, here it is. NFL Week 9. Webb has a 49er, 49ers versus the Char- uh, Cardinals, excuse me, recap. I was very, very impressed with the Cardinals' play, and they did test the 49ers. What's your thoughts? Really? I mean, considering the Niners' defense, they kept giving them life. I was it was so frustrating to watch at some point but the Cardinals they just weren't good enough to keep up with He looked good for Arizona in his debut being traded from Miami pitching in his uh 15 carries for 110 yards and their for, and their opening touchdown well the first time And Tevin Coleman, I thought he would have had a better game against the Cardinals, but he did not. Matt Breida, I'm him. Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida kind of tra- trade places as to who wants to produce for what game. But sometimes it's Breida, sometimes it's Coleman. But anyway, and that's that couldn't get enough pressure to get the ball back after cutting the game to three. With five minutes left in the game off an 88-yard touchdown from Andy Isabella, they just couldn't get the ball back. Emmanuel Sanders looked good. Seven receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. You know, Kittle, Kittle, I got him on my fantasy team. Six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. And Garoppolo continues to get better. He had four touchdowns. He threw for four touchdowns last night. Yeah, 317, 317 yards. He looked very good. Um, I think the defense got a little bit tested. I did like Kenyon Drake. He looked good with the Cardinals' um, offense, which makes me wonder, what the hell happened in Miami? Why wasn't he getting a ball? Obviously, it's because they want to tank, and this guy can actually ball out. Yeah. He just played for a bad team. I mean, on the other side, I will say this, Kyler Murray. I did like Kyler Murray, even though they lost – He's 17 for tw- he went 17 for 24, 241 yards, two touchdowns, and no turnovers for him. So, 
Kyler Murray looks nice too. I just wanted to throw that in there. He did. So, as you guys know, um, before every Sunday we get our games of the week picks in. This week, um, Webb has set the games for the week, and here's our first matchup in the AFC East. We got the Patriots versus the Ravens, and I'm going to take the Ravens simply because the Patriots haven't played anybody. And I think Lamar, despite how good their defense is, I think Lamar Jackson is either going to get the defense in the air or with his legs. With that being said, I'm taking the Ravens. I know it's a kind of far-fetched thing, but Tom Brady is slowed down a little bit, and their run game hasn't been that dominant, so I'm going to go with the Ravens. And I'm going to take the Ravens as well, but off the strength of their defense. I mean, adding Marcus Peters made them that much better. And Um, he had a pick six in his first debut with them. Yeah. So – and Marquis after the bye week, Marquise Brown's ankle injury. I would imagine he would be better because he also le- he leads the uh, receivers and targets. So I'd want to I want to see him get more involved. So I'm going to take the Ravens. All right, you heard it. AFC West Chiefs versus the Vikings. Is Mahomes back? I do not believe so. Okay, so. The Chiefs still do look good without Mahomes with their weapons. Uh, Matt Moore has came in and played pretty good as a backup. But I'm going to go with the Vikings. They have a better defense than the last two teams the Chiefs have played. And they have offensive weapons. Dalvin Cook, which the Chiefs' defense isn't that well. So I'm I'm going with the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. Um, I think, yeah, Adam Thielen is questionable for this game. Uh, Pat Mahomes is listed as questionable as well after practicing in a limited fashion all week, but I can't take the Chiefs on this one. It really depends on if Pat Mahomes plays or not. If Pat Mahomes doesn't play, I can't with the Chiefs. Simple as that. AFC North, Colts versus the Steelers. Well, Jacoby... Brissett has been looking pretty good to me, and he's been getting steadily better throughout the year. So I'm going to take the Colts with their struggling secondary. I'm going to take the Colts, too. The Steelers just don't have enough. I think Connor is out, um, and the report said that James Washington will probably play every snap in the backfield for the Steelers, which I don't think is going to be a good um, strategy. So I'm going to go with the Colts. They're hot. Um, Jacoby's playing well. Defense is playing pretty good. I like the Colts in that matchup. In the AFC South, we've got the the Texans versus the Jags. I believe we already seen this matchup earlier this season. Um, But without Jalen Ramsey, who are you taking, the Texans or the Jags? Well, believe it or not, I'm actually going to take the Jaguars because I don't think – I think without J.J. Watt now, I don't think the Texans' defense is good enough to stop Gardner Minshew. He's been playing – he's been playing well. Took a drawback a 
as of late, like the last two weeks. But the talent is still there. I like Gardner Minshew. I like the Jaguars. I'm going dark horse with this one. I like the Jags too. Same reasons for the same reasons you pointed out. In the NFC East, got the Bears versus the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. They both, uh, well, let's just say this. They're kind of opposites. The Bears have a good defense, but a very bad quarterback, so their offense isn't as mobile. The Eagles have a pretty good offense. I mean, they're they're okay. They're, they're missing some guys that are banged up, um, but they have a pretty good offense, and their defense and their DBs are very – questionable and Kyle and Webb's favorite word suspect so I'm going to go with the Eagles final choice I'm taking the Bears uh I mean Trubisky he trashed but he's not really like he can win Trubisky is good for a win the Eagles secondary is suspect is like like I have a lot of questions but their defense is is good. I'm gonna take the Bears. All right, is that bad? I, I think he could get a win over the Eagles. We gonna see. We gonna see what's gonna happen for the Bears uh, this week. What about the NFC West? We got the Seahawks versus the Bucks. Mm. I'm gonna take. You know what? I'm gonna. No, I can't do it. I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I wanted to take the Bucks, but I I don't trust Jameis. I don't tr- trust Jameis either. I seen a meme on Twitter and it said, uh, you know, he has two top ten in, in fantasy. Anyways, fantasy football, he has two top ten receivers on his team. But the reason he's performing so bad and he's not a top five quarterback. With the numbers his his receivers are putting up is because he likes to throw to the opposite team just as much. So yeah, <laughs> he's he's his own problem. <laughs> yeah, I gotta take Russell Wilson. Uh, been great all season. The defense has been modest. Um, so I don't see why you can't pick the Seahawks. I mean, unless you're a Bucks fan. If you're a Bucks fan, then I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I'm going to roll to see who NFC North versus the Raiders. I keep coming up in the matchup, and that's because they're a really good team. It's uh, falling on some unfortunate calls. Well, the Lions is my home team, and this is my podcast too. So we putting them in there, and I'm taking the Lions because the Raiders is trash. But I'm taking the Lions. Too. Uh, I do like the Derek Carr and little connection, but it won't be in, in the in itself. The Panthers versus the Titans. I like the Ooh. Panthers. You like the Panthers? Ah, this is a tough one. I like the Panthers too. Simply because of McCaffrey. Kyle Allen's been playing well. Better than better than expected. Um, yeah, I gotta t- I'll take the Panthers. Thumbs it up for the week. Um breaking that we didn't give you in the beginning. 
show. Josh Gordon released by this. Um, things that had interest Lions, Ravens, and we just got a report before we went on air. Josh Gordon has set up by a team, but we're not sure which team yet, as the team needs to inform the player position that he's taking is going to be cut. That's very heartbreaking. I mean, I'd be very upset if I was getting cut for a guy been in and out of the system or in and out of the and been healthy his whole career. So, uh, best of luck to Josh. Best of luck to whoever is taken. Any thoughts on that, Webb? No. I'm, I'm going to leave that where it's at. All right. Here we go. We got our NBA pick of men. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the reaction to Steph Curry's broken hand, which he will see three months out of the game as he just went, uh, underwent surgery. I think for the Warriors, Chuck said it the best in their first uh, game, their opening, um, they're not going to make the playoffs and that they're definitely not going to make it, but about the Warriors. They have a chance to make a great turnaround next season when their team is full, healthy, and strength. That means that Clay doesn't have to rush to come back and make a playoff push, and they can make sure that their players are healthy. Um, I, look, I look at them as – trying to move D'Lo, bringing in another wingman and a possible big man on in the offseason or maybe before the trade deadline this year, they're going to try to move D'Lo. And uh, we just wish the best for Steph Curry. What are your thoughts on Steph Curry's um, broken hand? Well, honestly, uh, considering everything that's happened up to this point, I feel like the broken left hand is just a kicking them while they're down kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're going to move D'Lo. And then you had the nerd retweet me and say, should the Lakers go after D'Lo? Who would they move? First of all, I was kind of responding to something that I seen very ridiculous uh, from a guy from England who said that he look, he he thinks that the Lakers should go after D'Lo. And I'm like, well, that would be very good for the Lakers uh, for that position. But you have to give up so much that – they would actually lose that trade. LeBron, a- LeBron, AD, and D'Lo would be running the three-man weave all season. That would but be that, their. But they would have no. They would have no help. They would have to give up probably Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Kyle Kuzma, all to move them to the Warriors. A bench player just to get. I like him. I don't think he's with four players though. No. So let's get into this real quick. First game we got up, Warriors, and I don't even think it matters at this point, versus the Spurs. And we, we picked these before the uh, the news broke out. So Warriors versus Spurs, I just got the Spurs. There's nothing need to be about that. Yeah, I like the Spurs. I mean, L.A. could be playing better, and I wish L.A. would play a little bit better. But I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see DeJounte Murray back. He tore his ACL last season, so I'm taking the Spurs. All right, Jazz versus the Kings. Mm, I like De'Aaron Fox. I like Buddy Hield. I'm going to take the Kings. Uh, I'm going with the Jazz. I like uh, Rudy. I like the addition of Ali and Donovan Mitchell. Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Jazz. Lakers versus the Mavericks. That's a that's that game is tonight, I believe. Lakers versus the Mavericks. Well, considering the ball is gonna move, you know what? I'm taking the Mavericks. Just considering uh, LeBron has more than one place to look in terms of when it, um, in terms of people on the Mavericks who can score the ball, because you got to look at Luca, you got to look at. Uh, KP, and they just might kick it to Tim Hardaway, and you know he a knockdown shooter. I like the Lakers, man. Um, the last couple of games, you can see that their chemistry is kind of getting together. You know, it's, it's one thing to practice with somebody over the summer and, and see how they like to shoot the ball at their favorite spots, but to actually do it in a game, it takes a little bit of time. And especially when you don't have, you know, three, four, five big-time players on your team that can go get a bucket. I mean, really, you got LeBron, you got AD, and they have done a good job at, you know, trying to build that chemistry. I look forward I look forward for them to actually go on a big run this season of um, unbeaten games at some point. Not sure when that will be, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Lakers. What about the Pistons versus the Bulls? I'm going to take the Pistons because Derrick Rose is balling them. I like, I like this the matchup, and I like Derrick Rose. I like the Pistons for all the reasons you just said. Derrick Rose is balling, uh, even with the absence of uh, Blake Griffin. So, I'm taking the Pistons. All right. Knicks at Celtics. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Celtics, man. Uh, the Knicks just don't have it. They're going to take a lot of ugly L's this season, as they always have. Yeah, I just threw that in there for fun. <laughs> for kicks and giggles. Yeah. Shout out to all our New York listeners out there. I know my boy Loopy listens in time to time, so I know he's a big Knicks fan. He hates the Nets, which they're next on our our lineup here. But uh, sorry, Loopy, they just not gonna get the job done off off the Celtics. Let's see, Rockets versus the Nets. Kyrie's gonna need to put up fifty. He's capable of doing it, but I'm gonna go with the Rockets. You're going to go with the Rockets. I'm going to rock with my man Kyrie. I'm over, That's my favorite player. I can't go with nobody else. All right. Cavs versus the Pacers. I don't even think I care about this matchup, but I like I, – and I think the Cavs will move Kevin Love at some point this season. Um, but I like the Pacers in this matchup. I like the Pacers as well. All right, in our last matchup, this is game eight, Bucks versus the Magic. I, oh man, see, the thing about the Magic is that they ha- actually have the size to match up with Giannis, but the Bucks have more talent, better scoring options. So I'm going to roll with the Bucks this game. Hmm. I'm going to say Magic just because you said the Bucks. Just because I said the Bucks, huh? Just because you said the Bucks. I mean, I think, I mean, I think the Magic's good enough to win. Jonathan Isaac had a had a good se- had a good season last year. Uh, Aaron Gordon, question mark to me, but Vucevic, definitely, definitely on the upside. Definitely on, on the upside. He's moving up. And DJ Augustine, he was balling last year for the Magic. 
Um, so I'm gonna take the magic. Let's try to get just try to give you a couple reasons I might pick the magic. Okay. We could roll with that. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Here we have it. MLB playoffs is this has been completed. The Nationals won the series four to three, winning the last game six to two. Let me tell you one thing. If anybody said that they thought that the Nationals was going to win the World Series, I would probably call them a liar. There's only one person that I know out of everybody that I've talked to about baseball this season, especially when the playoffs started, they thought the Nationals could win, and that was my uncle out in San Diego. He's been with them. He should have put this bet down, and he would have won some big money. Shout out to the Nationals. Um, shout out to Washington District. You know, um, they have three titles in that city within this last year. WNBA title, um, a hockey title, and now you add a baseball title. So it's a first of many for a lot of those teams there, a first um, in a lot of years anyways. And I think that we will see a different champion this year um, in the NBA. They'll follow the same path. How salty is Bryce Harper? Oh, he's super salty. And I think the Nationals proved that they didn't need him. Obviously, they got the they got the chip. You feel me? Yeah. So that's it, guys. Thanks for, um, for joining us. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Enjoy the games. Let us know what you think about that Florida State Miami matchup. If you got any questions about it, the Miami or uh, the Florida and Georgia matchup, and then of course our games of the week for the NFL and our our games for tonight and over the weekend for the M, um, NBA. Other than that, we'll catch you on Tuesday. Have a good Friday and enjoy your weekend.